In this episode of the Phantom Jukebox, we conclude Season 1 with the events that follow Dead's death, Euronymous's rise and fall in the black metal scene, and a brutal murder of one of the founding members of Mayhem. And we're live. Welcome to the Phantom Jukebox. I'm Ty Lindsay. I'm Joe Shannon. And we are two musicians that dive into the world of music, their myths, conspiracies, and bizarre music history. You can find our back catalog on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Good Pods, uh, Pandora, any of your major streaming platforms. And uh, one thing you can do that would really, really help us out is if you give us a rating and review. Yes. Uh, namely on the Apple one, but on the Spotify one, you can give us five stars. Now it help us out like that. It's just like YouTube, which we're on right now, uh, where we can climb up the algorithm and it opens up new possibilities, which allows us to come back and improve the show and make an even better product for you guys. Because there's a lot of other things we really want to do. Oh, yes. A lot of a lot of things uh, coming up for like, I don't know if we'll get to them season two, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Season two is a, is a wild frontier. I can't wait to uh, get into, but that's for season two territory. We are also on Twitter at Phantom Jukebox underscore Facebook at Phantom Jukebox, Instagram at Phantom Jukebox podcast, TikTok at Phantom Jukebox podcast. And we are on our first episode, which is also the last episode of YouTube. Yes. Their first, like you actually get to see us. Yeah. Dressed uh, totally normal. Yeah. This is what we wear all the time. Wear all the time. Every episode. And that is at Phantom Jukebox Podcast. You can look us up on the YouTubes. Please give us a like. Yeah. Leave us a comment on there too. That's so YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. It's just like the Apple one. Like I was talking about. It's, it's the same kind of algorithmy black magic in which, which, mm. which suits the attire for today. Uh, if you're, uh, if you are watching the YouTube video, uh, we are in our formal wear. For yes. the order of yes. the underbite, we're in our crop top uh, hoods, as is tradition. Yep. Uh, for Halloween, and uh, this, so this is yeah, this is our wrap up of season one, which has been a crazy, crazy, super fun year getting this oh, thing yeah. off the ground. Very fun. Uh, well, actually, it was almost damn near to the date that we're uh, recording this episode that we started a year ago. Oh wow! Like right before my birthday, it was like my birthday present to myself was to actually get this thing rolling, get this started. Yes. To actually just, you know, it's one of those things where like, it didn't start off perfect. You know, it didn't start off yeah. like as, as ideally as I wanted it to start off. But, um, there's uh, definitely have been some, uh, software and hardware hiccups along the way, but today with no exception. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, no coming, uh, coming this, the, this journey to get to this point, I think it's a complete, it's almost a completely different sounding show to me. Oh yeah. Especially just us getting comfortable. And, and I didn't realize how much I had, would like being on a podcast. I really enjoy it. You have a good personality for it. Thank you. I like being on a podcast with you. Oh yeah. It's very fun. Can't wait for you to maybe have your own someday. Mm. We'll see what 2023 holds. Mm. Yes. 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 So 
Um, a bit of a recap on where we are now. Announcements at the end of the show. Um, so in our last episode, we kind of learned who Mayhem was, what black metal is. Yes. And we uh, also, real quick before we really get into this, uh, this is going to be not as graphic, but there is violence in this. Hide your kids. In this episode. This is not, uh, just like part one, this is not a kid episode. It's not for the faint of heart. No. I mean, uh, no, no. Nor is black metal in general. So, no, I mean. Black metal is a, it is an acquired taste. It yep. is. It is something you really have to like. It's the blue of cheeses. The, the calamari of food. Yeah. Ugh, I don't understand looking at it going, let's cook it. Looking at a, <laughs> looking at a squid or There's octopus. Just way like, too much in the world that is that way. Milk. Cow's milk. Yeah. That will make my bones strong. Either just a really desperate person or just a really weird person. It's like had other options and chose that anyway. <laughs> you know, I, I could drink the uh, brown water or, or it seems to work for calf. I don't know why they're <laughs> depression era Russian person, but hey, you know. So um, we're in this episode, we're going to kind of we're, we're going to, moving forward we're going to talk about the consequences of uh dead suicide like how that affected the band and especially Euronymous, our favorite person quote oh unquote. god um what he did with it and how he leveraged uh said uh suicide mm. um and we're going to talk about their uh their new bass player that they got because again at the end of the last episode uh necro butcher quit like he was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially Euronymous. Like uh, we're going to find out how strongly he felt against Euronymous. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to learn about kind of, kind of what his plans were. He had. Uh, yeah. I can't really, I can't want to spoil that. We'll, we'll get yeah. to that. I don't want to spoil that. So we're going to learn, you know, there's this episode has uh murder church burnings mm. and Nazis. Oh, a surprising amount of Nazis. Wow. Yes. I mean, just everything for a real good Mel Gibson film. Oh, no. Oh, man. <laughs> He's such a good actor. Oh. Just one of those, like, he was probably messed up always. Yeah. But Mel Gibson. Why? So anyway, Euronymous claimed that Dead killed himself because of the commercial success of black metal. Like too many bandwagoners are being a part of it. Uh, it's yeah. kind of like, you, you know, a, a bunch of new fans are here now. Not new fans, but it's too popular to be the, the super niche unsuccessful thing that it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, like every artist wants their, uh, their thing they worked really hard on never to take up off the ground. Well, it's like the whole thing with uh, hipsters and... Uh, you know, through the nineties and into the early two thousands where it, it, what used to be people being unique. And then through the early two thousands, everyone was like that. So then it kind of killed the point of doing it in the first place. Yeah. It was like uh, when, when everybody's a hipster, no one's a hipster. Exactly. Um, so one of the, probably one of the most major messed up things Euronymous would do is he would use dead as like a martyr 
claiming that uh, black metal was something worth dying for. Wow. And because not, no, because we, we know this stuff now, keeping that in context, like we know we were able to put all the pieces together and see it all in a, you know, in linear form. Uh, but the people at the time didn't know why dead killed himself. Yeah. Officially. Um, like, I don't know how many people would even know about the note and stuff like that. So, uh, basically whatever Euronymous is saying, because he's the guy that, that found him would kind of go for at least a while. Like his, he would be the, like the witness that people would trust for a while. So him saying these things is, it's really, it's, it's super messed up, but it's, uh, people are, are willing to believe it, you know? Mm-hmm. So him saying that he died because of everybody being into black metal or it not being the niche thing that it's supposed to, or like his, his deal that comes up later is like, people need to be worthy to listen to black metal. Wow. Yes. Like, yes. uh, he is the gatekeeping King as we will come to find or emperor or Lord or uh, demon King. I don't know, whatever he called himself. But yeah. yeah the, the, he was a gatekeeping fiend. Uh, dead suicide and Euronymous's actions followed that followed affected Necrobutcher to the point where he quit. So there's a quote um, from him in the, the, uh, in an interview with the quiet us, he said, now, um, now I was a good friend of dead and I thought what he did was uh, disrespectful and uh, not the right thing to do. I told him to get rid of, uh, he's talking about Euronymous. I told him to get rid of the photos and I didn't want to see them. But he was talking about how they would be good, how they would be good promotion. And I told him, if I see those photos anywhere, I'm going to come and beat the shit out of you. Mm. Nice. Yep. Yep. Uh, Find out more on that later. Of course, he didn't burn the photos. And this is him continuing. Of course, he didn't burn the photos. We were already almost finished with the album. Most of the songs were ready when Dead killed himself. So then um, Attila was... uh, flown in to finish the vocals on the album. So like, like dead was the vocalist. So they bring in this mm-hmm. other guy, Attila to finish and dead killed himself on April, uh, in April, 1991. So I left mayhem. So yeah, just, he has very, very strong feelings as we're going to learn about Euronymous. And I, a lot of people would he's yeah, it's understandable. Yeah. He's a, Euronymous is a piece of shit, but really there's no, there's not really a good person in this band. I mean, dead. It's sad that he, he killed himself, had like bags of dead birds. Yeah. Uh, dead stuff. Like he was obsessed with it in like a, not like we said, not really a philosophical death and in a not really a philosophical way, just a, it's cool and edgy kind of. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like he was on his way to becoming a potential serial killer anyway. Yeah. So, Oh, and that is uh, Ziggy, our cold leader. Yes. Uh, she, she jingles in anger, making sure that we're, we're on our game here. So in the summer of 1991, Euronymous opens a record store called Helvete, or it's just Norwegian for hell. Oh. Of course it's called hell. Nice. What else would it be? It, wouldn't, it can't just be record store. Yeah. Or Euronymous's place. Groovy records. Groovy. <laughs> <laughs> hip trendy discs i don't know <laughs> um <laughs> john medellin uh, i think it's it's i want to read it as medellin fuck it it's medellin john medellin uh christensen uh writer of uh fans of uh, fans and slayers said the opening of hell helveta was the creation of the whole norwegian black metal scene oh so this place would become like the headquarters 
Like this is where like you're into black metal. You come to this place. It's like the, the club for this genre of music Mm. at Helveta or hell. uh, He would use that as kind of like the hub to gather like-minded people. So other musicians of the black metal scene would come there and he would kind of use this to like cherry pick the new members he needed for the band. Oh, so, and so this group would be, they're first off, they're Satanist, and nice. then uh, they would be they would be called the Black Circle of like you know this is like this neat tit you know tit neat <laughs> tight group of uh, of tits of, of tits. You know what? Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, so in 1992, we've got some new members joining to replace some people, and I believe to add another one. Uh, so uh, Snore W Ruch. I think I'm just going to call him Blackthorn joined in as rhythm guitar. Uh, Attila was uh, the vocalist. They flew in to finish dead dead's parts. So he takes over vocals. Okay. And I can't, I don't, I don't know who you're going to hate worse later on. Mm. Um, Varg, we're just going to call him Varg. Uh, I think his name is uh, Count Grishnak. Sure. Okay. We're just going to call him Varg because it's a fun word. Uh, but a terrible person takes over bass in late 92 after uh, recording resumed because they'd been working on basically throughout all of this mayhem only had like two EPs that got released. Oh, so there's really not this huge catalog of music. Like they're working on their first full length album still. What was the average EP? They've got like 30 minutes of material that people have died over. Jeez. I mean, self-inflicted, but it's, it's insane what's going on for such, not that that makes it any better. Yeah. But you would think like you would have some kind of catalog that's like, oh, the legend of mayhem. Like they've not in the same way that Jimi Hendrix did it, but you know what I mean? They've created so much clout for themselves in such a little bit of time in like the worst way possible. Mm. Like Jimi Hendrix becoming super popular is just because he was that good. Yeah. And then mayhem has done all the dirty tricks. Well, mainly Euronymous. He's done all the dirty tricks possible to get the clout they're in now. Yeah. So like, I mean, we like Jimi Hendrix is beloved and his, his four years of kicking ass have lived on for 50, 60 years. Yeah. Something like that. Wow. Um, millions of plays. Um, mayhem is like really popular in like one place. <laughs> yeah. For all the shit they've done. People know about him. But we're talking like popular, like people excited about mayhem. Very, very, very limited audience. They're the hey, did you know band? Yeah, I mean that's one of the reasons we're doing because because I, I I wasn't because I heard about some of the stuff with uh, I didn't know the guy's name. I just know yeah. somebody. There was somebody. There was a shotgun involved, and there's a dead band member. I wow. didn't know that the I didn't know all the intimate details, and I'm pretty plugged into this stuff. Yeah. Now anyway. So. Yeah, it's. The things they did to get there is awful. I think that also just goes to show obsessing too much about anything is not healthy. Like you can go too far obsessing about anything. doesn't matter if it's wholesome or black metal. Yeah. <laughs> black metal is just the antithesis of anything wholesome. Yeah. It's you, you, there's always a deep end to every topic, to every passion. Yeah. And you also, you can't take yourself so goddamn seriously. Yeah. Like I, 
one of my favorite bands is Mastodon. And uh, they went to like the, the not the Emmys, the Grammys. Like one of them went in like a, in like a polka dot suit and then Bran uh, dressed as like a baseball player from like the Dodgers or some shit. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Somebody else just wore a t-shirt. I think it was Troy just wore like a fucking t-shirt. And I'm like, I love these people. Yeah. And, and then, you know, they won a Grammy. I think it was for the emperor of sand. And then, you know, they, they have these like funny documentaries and stuff like what they go along with their, their albums and that they just don't yeah. give a shit. Cause they're like, we know we're good. Our music is our, is, is proof. That's all the proof you need, but we, they don't take themselves too seriously. They're, that's one of the reasons they're one of my favorites. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we do as well in other world. Oh, which, yeah, yeah, very much. So yeah. I, I don't take myself too seriously. I'm a bass player, so that's just not something I should do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Making, making it good for the audience is, is the most serious thing and making sure it's, yeah. a, it's a quality. Yeah. I don't want to say product. It's a quality thing worth people's time. Yeah. Product's kind of a dirty word in the art world, but you know, I just want to put out good music. Yeah. You know, good music, good art. Like I spent a lot of time, like there's, um, something I'm working on. I can't get too specific with. I've oh. redrawn it five times cause I've wanted it to be good yeah. enough. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for that to come into fruition. The thing I have to be super vague about. And I can't believe that like someone like you who is a perfectionist and Very. does amazing quality work uh, compared to someone who uh, is clearly not a perfectionist and needs a ton more work should probably restart a lot more times that just gets super popular. I'm a toughest critic, man. I got I- a freaking banana duct tape to a wall. Like <laughs> that's high art. High art. That is a uh, high art. <laughs> yeah. If you, have you ever taken DMT? <laughs> is that what we need to jump up the charts? Uh, it's got to be something, man. <laughs> Maybe that's. The, no, I'm not gonna leave that. I alone. mean, we don't do gimmicks. Absolutely not. I don't know where this. No, is, no. We, we would never, ever fall to something as low no. as a gimmick. Like, no. Never. We're just ourselves 100% of the time. This, this is normal. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to talk about Euronymous uh, is kind of like, we've, we've kind of teased it in the section before, but now we're really going to talk about Euronymous is kind of rising to power, let's say, and uh, what he does with it, what he chooses to, uh, how he chooses to plague the churches of Norway. Mm. That, so Euronymous as uh, he was seen as the leader of the black metal scene. And if he wasn't seen as that, he definitely appointed himself. Yeah. Like there wasn't like a committee going, uh, hello. He everyone. wasn't voted. <laughs> All in favor of voting in Euronymous as the leader. I don't know why they're German. It's not accurate, but hey, it's funny. Euronymous um, being like the crazy motherfucker that he was, uh, he had rules to be, in so, so before you could even so before you could get into the scene and before you could even get anywhere near a black metal album of any not just mayhems but any black metal album that he deemed worthy there's at least two rules that i found that you had to follow uh one that we talked about you had to actively practice satanism really you had to actively practice it wasn't that's like, a heavy rule yeah um yeah you have to hardcore 
and it was so important to him that you were a Satanist that you didn't, uh, it, you could be like an eighties hair metal band. Like you could play eighties hair metal as long as you're a Satanist and you could get into the scene. Jeez. You didn't even have to be a black metal band. It was almost more important to be a Satanist. So like, this is just to be a fan. Uh, just to listen to the music. Yeah. To be like in the scene, like to be just to be part of it in any wow. way, you had to be a Satanist no matter what. Um, and I was looking into it and I couldn't find out specifically which one he said, but I assume it's the one he was. What kind? Which is a theistic Satanist, a Satanist. Wow. Uh, and it is a complete 180 from the Roman Catholic Church. So like you literally... It's kind of probably what people actually initially think most Satanism is, is just worshiping Satan as a deity himself. Okay. Which is crazy to me because that means you're admitting God exists. Yeah. And you're, you're choosing hell. You're choosing. The you're apparent, actively choosing. The apparent bad one. The bad one. Like you, you just. It's like being a Bears fan. I mean, unless <laughs> just they're going to get it one day. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah. That was, that was deep. We don't know much about sports in general. So. I just know the bears are bad, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's, I don't understand why like, yeah, they, they, yeah, the devil is basically like God, unless they just think that the story was told wrong and it's really just like, yeah, he was told as the bad guy in, in the story that you know, but he's really a good guy. Like every bad guy in every 2022 movie fucking ever. Yeah. No one, they're not a bad person. They're just misunderstood. Yeah. Every fucking movie this year. Yeah. Some people are bad. Some people are bad. Yeah. Euronymous was bad. Um, so uh, <laughs> one of the quotes he's got is we praise the evil. <laughs> we praise the evil and we believe blindly in a godly creature, just like a Christian. Okay. That was, okay, man. Um, so yeah. So he, uh, so one of the things he was actually against, which is uh I suppose an old favorite of the show. He was very much against the Anton LaVey Satanism. Okay. Because he saw that as, so Anton LaVey, like he, I don't, he was a weird cat. Like I'm not saying yeah. he was a normal yeah. person, but the way he looked at Satanism is kind of like you are kind of the center of your own universe. Yeah. It's almost more of like a philosophy. I mean, it is a religion that he made it that it's, way, but it's not it, black metal enough. No, no. Cause what it is, it's a, cause it, it's, you're the center of your own universe. So like you, the idea is that you, it's kind of like finding peace through an alternative route. Like instead of being a lesser being to God, you know, you yeah. are the center. Like you are your own God. You are mm. like in your space, you are all powerful kind of thing. So he saw that as like, basically he hated anything that was, the Euronymous hated anything that was like peace or, anything that could eventually equate itself to a balanced fucking human being. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if that, if that's your bad, cause like Anton LaVey's thing, like on paper, it sounds like it, it doesn't sound half bad. I mean, I, 
Yeah. I mean, no, but it's not, uh, it's, it doesn't seem like it doesn't, it's not malicious. Like there's no, there's something about it that's outwardly malicious to your other. I think they're actually in his specific sphere of it. He was very much against um, people being violent to another. Like, oh yeah. Like what I said on that, that episode that we talked about, it's like, I'll, I'll take a rocher. It's not, it's not bad enough for me to outrightly say no. And now for hot takes. Sounds like shit. I can't wait for season two. We can replace that. Yeah, we're definitely going to work on that a little bit. Oh, yeah. I saw your face. You're just like, oh, God, he's not a guitar player. To, uh, to, for those, yeah, I recorded that in like 20 minutes because hey, I was like, Joe's coming over. I need this right now. You're, you're still a fairly good guitar player. I mean, you heard the evidence. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm disappointed because I know you can do better. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> See, that's what happens when bass players play guitar. It's equally as painful the other way around. Yeah. So with our first um, kind of talking point here or the okay. hot takes, um, I wanted to ask if you thought that this kind of like creating this like whole like you, you had to be uh Black, you know, had to be a Satanist and like he had to deem you worthy to listen yeah. to the album, uh, to li- just be a fan of the music. Like he couldn't just casually pick it up. Like he would call you an idiot and stuff like that. Like he, so basically it created this exclusivity to it. Yeah. Like you had to be invited in. It's like Ferrari or I believe what I've heard about Ferrari is you have to be invited to buy one mm. in some circumstances. And, uh, I, I no. <laughs> yeah but anyway so for so what he's doing is he's creating this kind of like um desire through exclusivity kind of thing like this is something not everybody can be a part of therefore um you should want to be a part of it it kind of it kind of creates this like innate desire of a person to have something other people don't um there's a reason the whole like there's only 500 of these ever that's why they what they wouldn't say it yeah if it didn't work yeah. and that's why they say things like there's only 500 mint green iPods that were sold in 2022. You know, there's this yeah. number. So I wanted to ask you is, do you think this was a hubris thing? Like, uh, uh, like, a, you know, I am the gatekeeper to this genre and you can only be a fan of it if I say that you can. So was it him being crazy power hungry or do you think he was just like Lars Ulriching the situation where he's just trying to leverage everything he can to get like a, you know, it's like a sales tactic basically. Um, I think it was a mixture of both. Yeah. I think it was, uh, him trying to take advantage of the situation like he did with everything else that happened with dead dying and just everything to just promote his band and the music genre in general. Mm -hmm. But at that point, I feel like his, uh, his ego probably took over. And made it go way too far, just like he did with everything else. And my next question to you, kind of like a quick follow-up is, um, do you think this is a good idea for someone to do? Um, Not at all. I don't think so either. Uh, with music, I don't like gatekeeping at all. I, I no. don't like gatekeeping, period. But especially with music, I feel like it doesn't matter where you come from, who you are. Music doesn't have a 
you shouldn't just be tied to one and you shouldn't, you know, not be allowed to listen to or like a certain type of music because of where you come from. Like, yeah, I think it's uh, our buddy uh, from Latin jukebox. Yeah. Uh, He says that music is a universal language, so it should be open to everybody. Yeah. Like it's a shout out to Latin jukebox, by the way. I think he just had his season finale as well. Mm. Uh, Really, really great show. He's, he's so wholesome. Yeah. Um, He's like the, the, the Labrador, like the, the golden retriever of people. He's just, he's just, he's, he's just happy. Just pure energy. Just happy. And we made him listen to all the, we made him listen to Silosis, Gojira. What do we say? The like Silosis is going to make you want to punch a hole in the wall. And then Gojira is going to come on and make you think about the emptiness. Yeah. (laughs) That that wall represents, um, shout out to, uh, Latin jukebox though. You should check out his show. It's very good. But I do understand how, uh, the exclusivity definitely has its place in marketing, but not the way he did it at all. No, I can see like collectors things like you. Yeah. I think would have been cool and we'll move on after this, but I think would have been like the only correct way to do it. And then this is just my opinion is you make like a base model. Let's say a comic book. Yeah. Um, you make like a general comic that's open, like a one version of it, like a, I think they call them variant pages. Like they have different covers. Mm-hmm. So you have like the base model, like the one you release, everybody has access to, you put it, you make how, whatever a standard run of comics is. Yeah. And then you have like the limited runs of certain like variant covers. And I think as long as everybody has the availability to like the story. Yeah. Generally released then you can have these little pockets of these like collectibles that would only have limited amounts of, because that does create value in things. Yeah. And with an album, you could have, you know, the deluxe album is limited edition. Right. I think normally it's like more tracks or like a bonus track or something like behind the scenes stuff. And that's really cool. Like, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that. And then like have a, a limited run of, uh, the deluxe version of the album that is only record. You know, or oh yeah, I want vinyl so bad, yeah, so bad. Um, I'd love. I want to hold it and just look at my artwork that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that's a little vain, but it, it's it's cool to see your stuff. Like it's yeah. cool to see it on stuff, you know. But uh, yeah. So moving, yeah, I, I think that would be that's the only like correct way I think to go about like a limited issue of something. But yeah. but there is the base form of it that's available to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so Varg and Euronymous start to have problems, um, cause Euronymous is the one with all the power here and Varg, the, the new bass player, he was a, a solo musician on his own. That was of a considerable note. Like one of the reasons he's in, uh, mayhem is because his solo work was known. Like, mm. I don't think he was exclusively a black metal musician, but, uh, it, it, that was encompassed in his work. But um, it, in, in, in some of the videos I'd watched and uh, some of the things I've read, they hint towards Varg becoming kind of jealous okay. of Euronymous's, uh being so popular, like having all that power to himself. Mm. And then, of course, like uh, just had no intentions of sharing it, obviously. Uh, between 1992 and 96, the Black Circle and their alkalites were responsible for more than 50 church burnings. Wow. Um, kind of, there's no specifics on which ones did what, uh, but Mayhem is kind of like Euronymous 
and Varg, especially, you know, him being a Satanist and Varg, we're going to find out is he's more of a pagan guy. Mm. And we'll, we'll, I got a quote from him that is just chef's kiss. Okay. Um, either way, none of them are fans of churches. He would use like a pseudonym and he would give a news, like give a, a Norwegian uh, newspaper an interview where he claimed responsibility for uh, you know these church burnings and possibly murder, like a, a murder, like taking credit oh, for it. Wow. Uh, so they did this, like there was, so there was basically there wasn't a lot of, of course, there's black metal being so niche because he fucking kept it that way. <laughs> Yeah. Um, not a lot of people are talking about it and therefore it doesn't have like, it's not, he's the, the, I don't know. The, the, I, I lean more towards him doing the, the stuff as like more so of like a business play than, I mean, he does have a giant ego, but he wants it to be successful as much as he's trying to keep it from being successful. Like that's all bullshit. Yeah. He's like, oh no, don't listen to it. Don't, don't, uh, don't buy the albums. Twenty nine ninety nine. Don't buy the album. <laughs> um, but what they did was uh, to generate newspaper buzz. Uh, they're willing to burn churches and uh, have basically the the plan was to burn churches, get that talking, and then Varg take credit for it, so that they go, who's this guy? And he's like. I am a black medalist and I want, wow. I hate God. <laughs> you know, So he's taking credit for this, taking a credit for like, you know, killing a guy. And this is all under like a pseudonym. Um, so he's not, hi, my name is Varg and this is my last name. This is where I live. This was all done under like a pseudonym. Yeah. Um, and basically it was to get like black metal in the headlines. Like people like, oh my God, black metal is so scary. Yeah. Oh my God. Which I mean, I guess technically would work, but it did. like that is a horrible thing to do. It did, but uh, maybe too well. Um. So, yeah. So the the he did that, and then there was more churches that got burned. Uh, but later in 1992, as a result of, you know, it's it's funny how admitting to arson and murder you may find yourself visited by the police tends to happen every now and again you know you can't say you're gonna do something and this is a lesson for everybody not just musicians you can't go on the internet you know the world wide web www and say hi (laughs) me insert name here am going to insert horrible thing here maybe today maybe tomorrow (laughs) you can't can't do that and not expect somebody to knock on your door going we need to talk yeah maybe they're wearing suits maybe they're wearing a badge i don't know but one the the internet is not private (laughs) no and i just realized that www means world wide web Joe. I didn't know that. Joe. I had no idea. I had no idea. I didn't know. Well, I do now. You know, the internet's not private. <laughs> what? What? I got, I, got, I got supposed to delete. 
That's a very strong opinion about uh, the new Star uh, Wars. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so later in 1992, Varg and, uh, you know, surprise, surprise, they found out who the fuck he was. What's the quote? Fuck around and find out. Well, he did. And he did. Oh, uh, he and other members of the black metal scene were arrested under suspicion. Okay. Understandably. Um, <laughs> I, so, so karma is coming around in a big way. Mm. Karma is, uh, is, uh, putting on the jacket, getting in their like sleigh or horse, whatever they ride. And they've got a list and they're just checking the boxes of catching up with Euronymous. Cause later in 92, uh, Euronymous closes Hevete or Helvete, his record store due to the public backlash that began to draw too much attention. Oh, so it's like, you know, don't listen to black metal. You can find us on Spotify. Don't listen yeah. to black. metal. Okay, they didn't have that back then. Napster. But, um, you know, you know, we're so evil. And then they do some evil shit. So the world thinks, hey, they're pretty fucking evil. And then they find out that's not the best place to be. Yeah. <laughs> fucking funny, right? Hmm. So then um, I think based on what me and Dakota found out, um, it's I'm it's believed that it was at the beckoning of his parents. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, I can't remember his name. I'm just going to call him Bill. Oh, Bill, you got to close the record store. <laughs> People think you're a bad person. Mom, stop. My name is Euronymous. Wow. God, <laughs> stop coming into my room without knocking, mom. <laughs> I know, honey. It's just real important. You got to close your little record store because you're doing some bad things. Wow. Jesus Christ, mom, get out of my room. Your dino nuggets are almost ready. <laughs> oh, he closes the record store. And in March of 1993, uh, Varg is released uh, from, you know, because he get, you know, got tied up in like the court systems. Uh, he's released and he's furious with Euronymous for closing their black metal headquarters because oh. the, the whole point was, uh, you know, burn the churches, take the credit for it, get all this press drummed up. Uh, then he found out he couldn't take it and then he closed the stores. So the whole point of doing it just goes down the toilet. Wow. Because the one thing they're trying to draw attention to doesn't exist anymore. Oh, geez. He's like, the whole point was for people to go to the store. Like the whole, like all of this is to sell records. They're burning down history to sell shitty records. I'm sorry. I can't, I may no. sucks. Yeah. I can't get behind that. Nah, nah. That is, there's the is such, I and mean, there's no good reason to just burn down somebody else's property. I mean, maybe for Dolly Parton's nine to five, but <laughs> uh, not for a mayhem album. You know, nine to five, nine to five goes harder than anything mayhem ever could. <laughs> That's a hill I'll die on. Dolly, if you want to be on the show, you know, we all know she's listening right now. Yeah, we all know, you know. Come check us out. What else could, could she be doing in her busy life? You know, than watching Phantom Jukebox's first episode on YouTube, dude. That would make my year. 
to find out that Dolly Parton listens to the show. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, I'm trying to get, I am probably gonna have to custom make it, but I'm actually getting a patch for my, uh, my mm. battle vest. It's just a big Dolly Parton. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I 100%. So he closes the, he closes the record store. Oh, Hank, you gotta close the record store and talk. People are saying real bad things about you. Jesus Christ, mom. <laughs> I'm Hieronymus. Satan puncher, mom. Okay. My little morning star. Okay. My little Beelza buddy. <laughs> so in March 93, Varg is released and he's pissed. He's so pissed. So like I said before, Varg and Euronymous are already having problems. Yeah. Um, and uh, now this is just, this is the, like, this is basically the final straw. Varg hates him. Like he was like, this guy's full of shit. And then he goes, I hate him. Like I, he, the, the, the camel is died and buried and dead has already put it in a bag and huffed it by now. Mm. So, um, in the background of all this, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so much going on. So much going on in the background of all this mayhem is still putting together that full length album. Oh, you know, the one people have died over. That's the, got like the one that they, they don't they don't have a place to sell anymore. Yeah, no, exactly. There, yeah, the shelf that that you know he. I imagine he was like, I'm gonna put it right there, right behind me, in the store. I've got it all picked out. We can put candles around it. I'm only gonna have like <laughs> six made. It's gonna be about me. <laughs> what is that, mom? Close the store. <laughs> Shit, the cops are there. Son of a bitch. What a dick. God. I mean, Satan, damn it. <laughs> so, um, uh, Geronimus and Varg's relationship would, it would turn violent or mm. eventually would become violent. Shocking. You know, um, so Varg would hear rumors that Euronymous had a plan to kill him. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Varg wanted to confront him about this. And, uh, confront each other they did they didn't just talk things over like bros well we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a moment where we we try to talk about see there's a bit of evidence that we might lead to that might not being the case but we're gonna we're gonna see in your opinion which of one of two scenarios that i found was he gonna talk about it was there never any intention about talking about it <laughs> so um in August, um, a band contract needed to get signed by Varg and Euronymous invited him over to his place in Oslo to take care of it. Okay. So, you know, they, they, the, there's this thing, I think it's, it's something to do with the record label. I don't know quite know exactly what the, the contract was for, but he needed Varg's signature on it. And, uh, so this is August 10th, 93. Uh, so on August 10th, the 1993, uh, unannounced so var gets this invite and there's an interview where if you look at this guy talk you're you wonder like this guy's a sociopath mm. like the, he this guy is not a normal person so um yeah so you have like a if you had to go somewhere what would you do like you hey, joe like what if you it's like hey you need to sign this what is immediately the next step 
that you would do? Like, uh, we need to get you to come here to sign this contract. I just drive over. Yeah, but they would know you're coming, right? Yeah, and let them know. Yeah. I'd call them. And- what time of day do you think you would do that? Let's say, hey, you come over the third. Um, what time of day do you think is appropriate to show up? I'd come probably come over to six, seven o'clock in the afternoon. Evening, afternoon? Yeah. yeah. Um, how about August 10th, 1993, sometime around three or four in the morning? No, I don't think I'm showing up to anyone's house. So Varg drove to Oslo with uh, Snore, their current guitar player. And uh, they drove to uh, Euronymous's apartment. I wanted him to say his mom's house because I wanted him to live at his mom's house. Yeah. But apparently he's successful enough to have a fucking apartment. Whether or not it was a nice place, I have no idea. He's I like, think we can assume. We can assume. It's a nasty fucking place. So. There are multiple versions like the amazing movie clue with the, the one and only Tim Curry. Okay. There's multiple versions of this story. Let's start with Varg's version of the events that happen next. So in both stories, they get there on three or four in the morning. They, and then they walk up to the door, they knock and, uh, Euronymous opens the door. That is when things change in both stories but let's start so euronymous lets varg in snore stays outside in most of the stories like he just didn't go in okay so, ima- so imagine getting to the apartment and it's one of the apartments that you have to go upstairs and then go inside oh okay yeah, yeah. so he's not he's on like the second floor or something like that so after a heated exchange over you know the rumors and the money because it was there's some kind of money exchange with the contract they're going to sign um, Varg gets attacked by Euronymous, he says. Oh, Euronymous says that he like just like straight up like kicked him in the chest. So, uh, so he said he kicked him in the chest and then Euronymous ran to go get a knife from the kitchen. Varg said he pulled out a pocket knife and uh cut him off so Euronymous couldn't get to the kitchen. So then, uh, allegedly he ran to his bedroom to uh grab another gun, or at least Varg thought he was. Oh, so okay. you know, the fight starts. Euronymous yeah. immediately runs to the kitchen to correct, grab like a butcher knife or something. Euronymous uh, pulls out a pocket knife and then like, you know, keeps, you know, keeps him from getting there. So then Euronymous doubles back and then goes to his, you know, he thinks he's going to run to his bedroom. And what he says, he's going to try to grab and in his own, in his words, Varg said that he thought Euronymous was going to go grab the shotgun that dead killed himself with. Like that was like, he, oh. like that so was, he believed that that gun was there. Apparently it wasn't, but he believed it to be so. So he said he was surprised to find that uh, instead of running, like, I guess completely running to his room that Euronymous like bolted out of the apartment. Oh, so he just left. Like he was just like uh, no knife. Well, fucking buy and just pieces out and then runs away. So uh, Varg chases him out of the apartment. Uh, and in this whole time, uh, like I, I, everything I read, like kind of summed up to like snore, just not doing much. Like, I don't know if he was incapacitated. Like in some stories, I think, I don't know if he got hit or something like that, mm. but either way, he doesn't do much in either story. Okay. He's just kind of there to see everything. Um, so Varg chase it. So they're running down the stairwell 
And this ends with Varg stabbing Euronymous in the head in self-defense. <laughs> oh. He said he just he got him like in like the, the temple. Bam. Wow. Um, I sort of not to get so this is the more or less the graphic. I mean, spoilers, it's graphic. Um, so he said pocket knife, and the way he talks about it, it's like a shitty pocket knife. Mm. I don't know if we're talking like a Swiss army knife, like with the one with all the little shitty attachments. Yeah. You know, or I'm assuming he's talking about like a flip out, you know, three inch blade, you know, utility yeah. knife. Yeah. That's what I'm assuming. Let's just go with that. Okay. I, Cause I, cause a fucking Swiss army knife's fucking useless. Yeah. They, none of it works. <laughs> um, but, uh, you, you can actually get things done with a pocket knife that you needed to like fucking work. Yeah. Um, so, you know, imagine how hard you would have to swing to bury that in somebody's head. That is. Yeah. And the aim for one. That's not a normal action. Like, and that's what he said. That's what Varg's that is his like, he's telling that to a jury. Wow. Like, it's my story. Stabbed him in the head and self Because <laughs> that's a totally normal thing to do. Someone who doesn't have a weapon. No, somebody was running away. I chased him and stabbed, stabbed him, him in the head as self-defense. Oh, no, it all went wrong. Yeah. 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 Uh, and that's how he said it ended. You'd think you would try to like butter it up like, oh, he tripped and fell into the blade. Uh. Uh, so he would later write, and this is, this is like later in the 2000s. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it. Let's just say it happens after <laughs> this happens in the 2000s he writes a blog where he said i did not this is varg i did not feel any bad for killing him his cowardice had made me angry and i saw no reason to let him live not when he had showed his intent to kill me oh wow yeah yeah so you know um yeah <laughs> So he said, so he, that was his story, right? Okay. And uh, I have another little bit, uh, another, uh, I had some, I have some mood music for this next quote. Um, so it's a mini hot take, not, not really one that deserves the, the shitty thing I recorded, but if you're claiming self-defense and, uh, you know, if you're, if you're trying to get off of a claim, you know, get away from a, uh, being accused of arson and murder and, uh, and you're trying to get off, you know, and say, you know, you're trying to get people to buy the, you're trying to convince the jury that it's self-defense. Sorry. Long way yeah. of saying that you're trying to sell a self-defense story, right? Mm. What's something you imagine you wouldn't say? What's something you think you would like, what, what, uh, what, there's obvious what you would say. Some keywords. What wouldn't you say? Yeah, keywords is fine. Keywords yeah, is fine. Uh, I wouldn't say he was running away. I wouldn't say uh, he didn't have a weapon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think those are the big two. Think a little more romantic. May play with the language a little bit. Romantic. <laughs> yeah, you know, not like uh, not like kiss, kiss, kiss. Romantic, like uh, elevated, like you know, the romantic era of paintings, like this big epic. Mm. Um. <laughs> That he was defenseless. So this isn't necessarily related to the, to Euronymous himself. This is just in general. Okay. 
something you wouldn't want to say if you're trying to convince people you didn't murder a guy. Yeah. Because you've already admitted to arson before. Mm. And you're kind of on. He was released on, I imagine, what was the equivalent in America. They would tell you, don't leave town. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he might have gotten away a little on parole. Some kind of that. Like he would definitely be under. Uh, um he might've gotten away with it for now, but like uh, with the whole arson thing, people would definitely still be trying to throw the book at him still. Yeah. If he yeah. wasn't officially charged. Um, but I got a little mute music, uh, mute music, mood music for this next, uh, this next book oh. from him. So this is, this is something I think you might want to avoid saying just in case if something happens to you, Joe. Okay. Yeah. Um, maybe you want to avoid saying something like this. It's hitting yeah, get some Viking medieval mood music here. Maybe you shouldn't say. Through the church burnings and black metal music, we will reawaken the Norwegian's feelings of belonging to Odin. Mm. You know where he said that? In the courtroom? In the courtroom. <laughs> nice. Nice. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Mike. And I'm Tabby. And we're from Happy Hour Podcast. Be sure to hit up our link tree. That's linktr.ee forward slash happy hour podcast three. Where you can find our social medias, listening platforms, and our awesome merch store. Ding, ding, ding burr. Bur. Now... So that's Varg. Varg is we fought. Um, he came at he came at me, so I stabbed him. Wow! In the head. Yeah, head. And that's his. Like, there's an interview where he talks about it, just straightforward. He's like, I, I have uh, what's the word uh, stabbed? <laughs> According to Snore, who originally wasn't going to say anything, but they they got him mm. uh, to admit a couple things, or they got yeah. a story out of him, whether it's true or not. But there's a little bit of evidence that leads a little more credence to his story. Okay. I don't know if you'll be able to spot it. It's real subtle now. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I need you to put all your deduction skills to use to see where you think this might not have been self-defense. Okay. Okay. All right. Thinking caps on audience. Be listening for it. According to Snore, Varg had every intention of killing Euronymous and uh, talk Snore into being an accomplice. Oh, so that's what that's what that's what uh, Snor said about Varg. Another thing that they found is that Euronymous' body was found uh, on the stairwell, in the stairwell on the on the first floor. He was stabbed a total of twenty three times. Uh, mm. Two in the head, okay, five in the neck, and this might be the kicker here: sixteen in the back. Um, I don't know in that if you could spot where I think his story, Varg's story is bullshit. It's somewhere in the 23 stabs. That's a lot of stabs. That's, that's a lot of self-defense. That's the thing that is. That's being scared for your life. Stabbing oh, my God. That is I, like, I don't. 
I think we talked about this the last time with uh, um, Charles Manson. I was going to go there too. Um, yeah. Of just how, like how much it takes to stab someone. It's a lot of work to stab somebody, but like repeatedly, you know, taking it out, doing it again. And depending on where it is, especially the head twice, that is, that's a lot of bone. There's a lot of bone. It's, I mean, it's made to, you know, the, the skull is there to keep your brain safe. I mean, I would guess that the average person would get winded after about five to six stabs. I think that's, being, so I think that's probably on point. Yeah. 23. Just is, punch, like put, grab like a, a little yeah, weight and yeah. then just like stab down. Like how many times do you think you got, how many of those 10? Well, like even if you uh, were in a fight and you got the person on the ground, like punches to the face, you know, like to knock them out five and you're good. Yeah. You know, even if it was just punches to knock them out, 23 punches to the face when someone's on the ground is still too much. Yeah. I mean, look at boxers in the first round. I mean, it takes a lot of stamina, stamina to like to, to do all the ducking and dodging and then punch for like a minute straight, two minutes straight, depending on the rounds. Yeah. Um, if you, I don't necessarily say try this out, but if you're really, really curious, you know, it's Halloween season, but Thanksgiving's just around the corner, <laughs> you know, when you're prepping the bird and maybe you need a few more slots to put seasonings in. Why don't you very, very carefully <laughs> take like, <laughs> I don't know, a steak knife, try plunging it into the Turkey. It'll be fun for the family and friends. <laughs> See what that's like. 23 times, 23 times. I'm not saying do it, but you know, Thanksgiving and all really getting into the spirit, really getting into the spirit and just like, just like hardcore, just stare at somebody going, we need more ports for flavor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, but uh, Varg has a great cover story though. He's got, he's got a, he's got a rock solid alibi ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh to to explain all the wounds as he calls them uh varg can you know he contends that most of Euronymous's wounds were caused by broken glass of him falling during the struggle oh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. during the struggle of him mm-hmm. stabbing him yes uh he he got you know whatever he ran into uh it just so happened to uh stab him 16 times in the back Wow. You know what's, you know, I can just imagine you're chasing somebody that your back is kind of to someone, you know, you know, uh, it was because when I tackled him and then I stabbed him in the neck, uh, that made him freak out. And so, you know, he started wriggling around and that, you know, the glass cut him that way. According to snore story after they, uh, got him to talk, um, he said that snore and Varg, uh, drove back to Bergen where they drove from and okay. uh, on the way they happened, you know, like complete innocent people. Um, they stopped by a lake where they disposed of their blood. Uh, Varg disposed of his bloodstained clothes, you know? Yeah. Cause he's innocent. Yeah. He I, had a lot of, he was covered in a lot of self-defense and he needed to get <laughs> rid of that. Like he can't go to a restaurant just dripping with 
self-defense. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like when you, you know, you cut uh, your finger on accident, you get a rag. Right, right. You right. just got to throw you wipe it out. on your shirt. It looks worse than it really is. Yeah. You know, you got to be careful about all the self-defense that pours out of somebody in the, I mean, him in the back, right? You know, there's, yeah, I mean, there's so many arteries filled with self-defense. And 23 is a lot of uh, just shots taken, a lot of potential. Uh, you know, just Euronymous was just, he just kept, you know, just that tough of a guy, you know, just, you know, 24 <laughs> would have been too much, but 23 is the magic number. 22, he, he would have got up and kept going. What's this, a Taylor Swift song? We're going Michael Jordan, baby, 23. <laughs> so, and uh, apparently, according to Snore 2, that there was even a third person involved with this, but they, oh. they were the alibi person. So um, according to Snore again, there was a third person that was supposed to stay in Bergen as their alibi. So ah. he was there to like rent movies. And so like <laughs> there, so these, the, these are the minds of children. So here's like, so basically their plan was like, okay guys, so I'm going to go to your this place. And I'm going to totally stab him 23 times in self-defense. What's our alibi? Okay. So what's, what are you guys, I'm going to go rent some movies. <laughs> well, you're self-defending yourself. Uh, and uh, the time code on the VCR and the time code on your credit card will make it look like you're here. Not wow. all the other people that live in the apartment that will contest this information later. Wow. Rock solid. Jeez. How did these these guys even get caught? I mean, like I it just, must have been like a special task force team of the CIA. You know, I think uh, you know, I, I think the FBI and the yeah, CIA, especially their black ops, just took a lot of notes from uh, Varg and Snore and Varg guy number three. I think you mean Jason Bourne. <laughs> oh my God, it's Jason Bourne! <laughs> oh no, it all went wrong. <laughs> We need a, oh my God, it's Jason Bourne. Jason button. Bourne. <laughs> you know what? We have four more slots on the button on the, on the, the board. Uh, so, oh my God, it's Jason Bourne. <laughs> but your honor, he rented grownups too. How could he possibly? Have, no. So this is the nineties. Uh, but your honor, he rented commando. There's no way he could have yeah. been killing that guy. Yeah. <laughs> What if that, what if, you know, the real mastermind was the third guy that stayed back at home. He's like, sweet, free movies. Yeah. Free movies. I don't actually have to do anything. anything. <laughs> I still get the clout with my friends for uh, being a part of this plan. Even though if shit goes downhill, I just tell the cops, I was just here watching movies. Varg, you know, I have no idea what you're fucking talking about. Varg, that sounds like a Star Trek bullshit. <laughs> Live long and fuck off. I don't know. I'm, I'm more of a pop man myself. More of a Lord of the Rings guy, to tell you the truth. <laughs> so in, uh, on August 19th, 1993, Varg and the other members. Um, uh, so Varg is arrested in uh, 1993. Oh, yeah. So, That'll do it. Uh, and there's other like uh, other uh, black metal people again. So I believe it's 
I don't know if they're, ex- I don't know if it's the same people that were involved with the original arson. Um, they, in, in that part, they say definitely Varg and then they don't say who else got arrested involved with this, mm. but, uh, Varg definitely, uh, goes back to like, you know, it goes back to the system, I guess you could say, uh, during Varg's trial, uh, police said they found explosives and ammunition in Varg's home. Oh yeah. Excuse me. So uh, Euronymous and Varg had allegedly plotted to blow up the uh, Nidros Cathedral. I apologize. That's a Norwegian word, uh, which appears on the album cover of uh, the, the, the mysterious Dom Satanus, the album they're working on. Yeah. So that cathedral appears on the album release. And the idea was they were going to blow it up, take a picture. Cause you know, Euronymous was such a fucking photographer. Wow. Uh, and then that was going to be on the album cover and that clout of like black metals, destroying Christian things. Bleh. And then uh, that was all supposed to wrap together to help sell the album. Mm. So basically his plan was to brainwash these people into liking this basically create this like cattle on the, you know, create his audience to be, yeah. just do whatever he says, create the clout to get them more interested in it. And then basically create the product that they're going to buy. It's kind of, Wow. You know, it, it, it's real. Like, it, he's making big moves, but he's a real stupid guy doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just, he just fucks up at every, every turn. Like it, it, basically it's one of those, like this looks great on paper. <laughs> um, Varg denied the allegations in a 2009 interview. Uh, again, rock solid alibi. He has, you know what? This is a Dwayne the Rock Johnson solid alibi. Oh, yeah. Um, he says, I was getting the explosives and ammunition in order to defend Norway if we were attacked at the time, attacked at any time. During the Cold War, the United States and the Soviet Union could have decided to attack us. He's just a patriot. He loves his country. He loves his country, except for the churches in it. Well, he likes some people in his country. Oh, he likes a very specific kind of person in his country. Oh, (laughs) there's some people that don't quite fit the bill in Varg's mind. (laughs) Okay. Of trying to defend Norway. There's some people he's willing to let die. (laughs) Wow. Wow. We are coming to that. So um, he was sentenced to, uh, you know, all these, these alibis. I think he really got off because uh, he got 21 years, which is the maximum in Norway. Wow. Uh, which I think Norway needs to go harder on the, you know, the fucking murder charge. Yeah. Cause he was, uh, he was 19 when he joined. He's like nine. I think he was like 18, nine, 1920 when he joined mayhem. So he's getting out in his forties. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, the maximum was 21 years, uh, in Norway. Snor got eight as an accomplice and, uh, Attila and Hellhammer were the only remaining members and, uh, mayhem no longer, um, was no, basically like they were like, I guess you would call it a hiatus cause you only have those two members and one of them kind of just got there. So yeah. Hellhammer was yeah. the only like OG guy. 
still in the band. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Euronymous, like we were talking about earlier in the, uh, the first part, a lot of bands tend to have that one, like, you know, we're, uh, in our band, uh, other world, we've got, you know, my brother is kind of, you know, the guy who talks to people. I do the artwork. Um, you're kind of like coming up on like set stuff, like a stage stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, you and Connor, um, do, have been doing a lot of writing lately. I'm kind of a slow one when it comes to coming up with new songs. Um, so each kind of member in a band outside of playing their instruments generally will take on what I just call it managerial roles. Yeah. And Euronymous was kind of like their leader, despite all the bullshit. He was the one kind of making things happen in horrible ways. Yeah. But he was the one with that. Let's call it a drive quote unquote. So he's gone and Hellhammer is not like he, I basically Hellhammer is just like, I guess this is on hiatus. So like mayhem's not doing anything uh, for the rest of that year, basically. Uh, in uh, May 1994, their debut album, De Mysterious Dom uh, Satanas or Satanas, uh, was released and dedicated to Euronymous. Uh, this was after the delay, and uh, uh, I believe they got Necro Butcher to come back, and uh, he was a big part of kind of getting that rolling again. Hellhammer and him kind of mm. put it together because all the things were recorded, but basically the I guess the mixing and mastering, you know, the, there's the final last couple steps of getting the album yeah. out needed to yeah. happen. And they needed, uh, I guess, more than Hellhammer to get it done. Or maybe he was just in like the, what do I do now situation? Yeah. But we're going to find out Hellhammer's piece of shit too. Um, so 94, the, uh, their only album with all the original members comes out. Um, and it was, it was released, uh, dedicated to Euronymous. And this was after, um, Euronymous's, uh, uh, parents had complaints, um, that Varg was still the bassist on the album. Oh, so basically Euronymous's parents were like, I, we don't, this isn't cool. Like Varg shouldn't be on this album at all. Cause this guy is insane and a murderer despite everything that their son did. <laughs> Yeah. Really, neither of them should be open free in the public. I mean, their parent, Euronymous's parents had to know he was a piece of shit. You don't just start yeah. at moving a body and taking pictures of somebody post suicide. That is something he's worked up to. I'm sure there is. Oh, just, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there were no stray cats in his neighborhood. Uh, and there were a lot of fresh holes in their lawn. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, that guy started off awful and, uh, it was always awful. Like they, they're, his parents have such a blind eye to it. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. So, um, real quick, um, the mysterious Dom Satanas is Latin for the mysteries of the Lord Satan. According to Varg, uh, Hellhammer, this is going off of what Varg, you know, his, his testimony is his worth is what it is. But according to him, Hellhammer assumed Euronymous, uh, I'm sorry, assured Euronymous's parents that all the bass parts would be re-recorded, but, uh, they weren't, um, you know, his parents specifically asked him to, you know, to pull them off. And then Hellhammer said, 
I thought it was appropriate that the murderer and the victim were on the same record. Mm. I put word out that I was re-recording the bass parts, but I never did. Wow. Yep. The album had uh, another note is too, is the album came out in 94 and it's been in development technically since 1987, since before dead was in the band. Wow. Cause I believe uh, the, the members at the time uh, with Euronymous were beginning to write the songs for that. Yeah. And then, you know, Euronymous turned over all the songwriting duties to the lyric duties to dead, who is, better i guess and uh you know that there's so many people that are involved with this album and so much so to all the horrible shit that's happened leading up to this point um the album is considered one of the most important albums in black metal really yeah it's considered pivotal like it's it's yeah it's like this is this is the definition gold standard right here Wow. Yeah. So that brings us to another talking point. I'm so glad that we're now on YouTube so everyone gets to see your disappointed face <laughs> every time I push the button. I almost want to keep it, but um, I want you to have a good time. So we'll replace it. Okay. So a talking point. Yes. After everything that happened during the making of this album, should it have been released and should it have been dedicated to Euronymous? Would you mm. have done something similar? Uh, speaking as if I was like Hellhammer. I'm not ever going to make you compare yourself to that piece of shit, but yeah, like, let's say, but- let's say kind of like a parallel situation. Um, so many horrible things have happened during the production of an album. Somebody, you know, killing themselves and then members are murdering each other. Uh, do, do you think just like, is there a point in your mind where like this album is fucking cursed? Uh, sorry. I'm just, I'll just recycle the riffs into something else. If the band I was in, one member killed himself, another uh, killed a different member of the band. On top of arson for the sake of shitty publicity. If I hadn't already quit before. That's a solid point. I was spit take. Sorry. That's a solid <laughs> fucking point. If I'm somehow still in the band. Uh, it's, it kind of becomes on you at that point. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm throwing away this. This if you can call it an album and just walking away from it, <laughs> I'm not even throwing it away. I'm just leaving it where it was. I'm not touching it. I'm just walking away to quote. Um, one of my favorite quotes from one of the best comedies, uh, dumb and dumber, my boy, Harry Dunn, I'm going to throw this goddamn curse into that goddamn lake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just Frisbee, the master. I, I just, I would find a Canyon and just, frisbee that thing and let it go yeah. let the nature let nature take it back the devil can have it it's it's all about him anyway it's a little vain but yeah i honestly uh, people dying and shit i i don't think yeah i think you're right i i, I think i'm not even involved with it anymore if i would have been out after dead died. especially during the circumstances if it was 
Although, like, if it was, you know, he helped write these songs and, like, you know, if it wasn't that genre, it was like, you know, I was writing these songs and they, in searching for lyrics, I went to, like, an existential, you know, dread and, you know, in pouring my feelings out, it kind of made me come to terms with some things and then committed suicide. Mm. I would, if I was in that band, then I'd be like, yeah, I, he, even though it drove him to that, he still wanted this, this to be heard. So I'm going to, I would still push for that to get released. Yeah. But I'm not dead. You said it. I think I'm already out. Like, uh, I'm out at like the fucking pig's head on the stakes. If I, if I'm like putting my gear on, you know, getting the strap, putting, hooking up the yeah the cable, got all my, yeah. my spent all the time, got my amp on my cab and got my, my base strap put on. I look up and see fucking pig's heads on stakes. I'm taking the strap off, putting the base back <laughs> yeah, in the case, yeah. unplugging all my shit and dragging it back out to my car that I drove myself there so I can leave. <laughs> Fuck that. No. I'm already out. So I'm already out before we get to murder, but. Uh, I am sure as fuck. I am not. Yeah, nah. I'm not releasing it. I, I, I'm not. We're not even going to get to dedicating it to whoever the fuck because I'm just not not putting it out. No, just not. Just not. Nah. No, my hands wouldn't have touched it, but no. to throw it away. <laughs> Thank you, Ziggy. Uh, you can find her on Ziggy Smalls on Instagram. In 1995, uh, Hellhammer, Maniac, and Necro Butcher reformed the band with a new guitarist, Blasphemer, <laughs> to replace your <laughs> Nice. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they got some, uh, fla- uh, some flack for reforming the band, by the way. Like, I guess Euronymous having the status that he had, um, you know, trying to get it. It would be, it's kind of, no, it's not as controversial, I suppose, but it's kind of like, no, it's not the same. It's not, it's not like trying to do Queen without Freddie Mercury because everybody else in the band is really like John Deacon and Brian May are, is equally as important in that band. So it's not the same. Um, yeah, it's just like trying to keep it. You basically have somebody that like was the band essentially. And yeah. with them not being there, it's kind of like, is it that band still? Mm. Like it's like Necro Butcher is like, yeah, you quit years ago. It's like, who are you now? Surprise. There's more controversy. Oh. Of a different flavor. Get a little third Reiki in this one. Oh. Uh, it's the new Ben and Jerry's third Reiki. <laughs> new flavor. Uh, so in this next phase uh, <laughs> of mayhem, um, Statements by of Hellhammer speaking out against race mixing in foreigners in Norway. Oh. And they also just so happen to use some Nazi imagery in their rehearsal space. If I'm not mistaken, there's a there's a, there's a video of them like jamming and they're just like, oh, okay, they're they're really getting into it. Oh, that's a swastika. Yeah, I'm done with this video. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I'm gonna mm, I don't want that in my browser history. <laughs> um there's just a fucking swastika in the rehearsal space. Nice. And, uh, uh, and on band merchandise in some cases of like, yeah, they're, they're, they've been accused of being neo-Nazis. Wow. Um, yeah. 
So that's uh, Hellhammer being a pretty big component of that. Um, but good news, some good news. They're not Satanists anymore. Oh, they're just Nazis. They're not Nazi Satanists. They're just Nazis. Oh, okay. And I suppose if you're a Nazi Satanist, does that mean only certain people get to go to hell? That is a damn good question. <laughs> yeah, there's a special... <laughs> It's a special place in hell for only Nazis. It's a very exclusive club. <laughs> um, it's velvet ropes. <laughs> velvet ropes. There's a big bouncer. He's got a clipboard. <laughs> He's wearing sunglasses He's and wearing, it's nighttime. Yeah, it's so dark. He's mysterious. <laughs> uh, Hellhammer stated that no, mem- that no member of the new lineup was a Satanist. Um, quote, Satanic stuff isn't what I feel mayhem is about today. Mayhem's music is still dark, but I wouldn't say it's satanic. Oh, oh. you know, that's uh, thank God. Thank God. You know, I was really worried about this or not. You can thank whoever you want now. Getting into a little bit of like an epilogue here. Uh, in an interview with The Consequence of Sound in 2019, Necro Butcher expressed his uh, bitterness towards Euronymous after being replaced in the band with Varg. But I mean, he was doing great right up until I started reading some of this. And I was like, yeah, he's not. He's like the most normal person in the. Oh, no, he's not. There's no good people in Mayhem. All right. So this is Euronymous uh, talking about. Um, sorry, this is uh, ne- uh, Necro Butcher talking about Euronymous. All the fucking names. Okay, I can tell I can uh, I can tell it right now because I've been holding it in for many years, but I was actually on my I was on my way myself. Oh, sorry. I was on my way down to kill him myself talking about Euronymous. Mm. So he's saying, you know, I was going to go kill Euronymous, Euronymous myself. And uh, when it happened, I saw the morning paper thinking, fuck, I got to go get home. Uh, I got to get home to my place and get all of the weapons and drugs and shit I had in my house because they're coming in my house uh, because, because I'm probably going to be number, uh, the number one suspect on this. But little did I know that the Norwegian police already got the, uh, that already got Varg and was going down, to, um, uh, who was also going down to kill him because they bugged his phone and actually, and he actually talked about killing him before they went to Bergen. So the cops already knew he was coming. So they probably were thinking to themselves, we didn't nail this guy for the church burnings. So let's nail him for murder and get rid of this fucking guy in Oslo the same time. So that's basically what happened. Wow. That's according to Necro Butcher, which I don't know how legitimate the bugging his phone thing is. I don't, I really don't know, but I'm pretty sure that law enforcement isn't going to let you murder someone just to go, ah, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like one of the, it's not like a sting up. <laughs> That's like the worst sting operation. <laughs> We've been wanting to nail this guy for vandalism for years. You, you know what you need is you need that guy from like a most extreme, like cop chases. Mm. The suspect thought he could get away. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out they caught him red-handed. He literally Necro Butcher was like, "Oh man, he got to there to self-defense him first. <laughs> Shoot, damn, that's what I was gonna do. He self-defensed him to death. 
it was self-defense in the first degree. <laughs> I love the fucking puns that have to be involved with true crime. We had talked about um, uh, the accusations that Euronymous uh, uh, was making about why dead killed himself. And yeah, yeah. Um, I, in the reading, I wanted to put this at the end cause it's, it's kind of extra, but, um, you know, there were rumors, but then we came to find out that that was complete bullshit. Dead was actually like really hoping that the band would be like successful. Like he was right. He had a pen pal back and like, he was mm. writing back and forth and, um, he would talk about his plans for distribution and things like that. Like he had something of whatever experience he had of it he at least had the intention of it doing well so whatever so that was just straight up bullshit wow. that euronymous was spewing as yeah. we come out later to kind of bring back the photos that we we talked about that euronymous took of uh dead's you know post-suicide corpse um i was trying to figure out where what happened to the photos because he talks about how he kept him in the store. And that's one of the reasons that Necro Butcher mm. left. And um, the initial reason he took the pictures was that he intended to use Dead's photo, you know, suicide photos for an album cover. Yeah. He intended to put that shit on an album cover. But it wound up on a bootleg live album called The Dawn of Black Hearts, which is a uh, live in, which was a live show in Sapsborg, Norway. In the, the uh, I think it was February 28th, 1990. Excuse me. So it, it didn't wind up on like an album because I thought where this was, the story was heading was that it was going to be on like the, the, the dreams or something, Lord Satan. I thought that was going to be the album cover, but it's that, it's that cathedral. So uh, Dead's pictures did wind up on like a bootleg cd basically wow. and it's not officially part of their like album canon if you will but sometimes it's counted sometimes it's not the, the very very short story of it because i couldn't find a lot of information on it that was uh, nothing that really was solid but as it goes the bootleg came from south america and uh it involved euronymous's pen pal that he sent i guess copies of the photo too Oh, wow. And his pen pal was a, I guess, owned like a, his own record label, I guess, bullshit records. I don't know. Uh, but he was the, the guy in South America, allegedly is the guy that put the, the album together. And it's a very sought after, like the blackout. It's, it's like the only recorded like live performance that they have of dead. Wow. And it's got him, it's got his real dead picture, like his real corpse as the album cover Euronymous like moved the body around yeah to pose it to take pictures like he didn't just walk in and go click he moved the body around and shit in ways that he wanted to take the pictures he's a fucked up guy yeah so um that more or less brings this insane train of a Halloween special yeah into the station where uh do you have any closing thoughts holy um, fuck yeah <laughs> yeah 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 um we are also in a metal band for those you know if you're watching for the first time we are in a metal band called otherworld mm -hmm. one word 
we never have ever gone ever that ever serious. Uh, not once. We're not that we take ourselves. We don't take ourselves seriously at all. Uh, enough in the songwriting sense, but in terms of like, yes. we try to have like fun social media and we have, we have fun and it's, uh, we take our music seriously, but not like that. Like we just want to no. be sound as professional as possible. We didn't form like a literal music cult. No cults here. No, not at all. Uh, mm. certainly no gimmicks, but Lord, that is no, I, I couldn't imagine getting into any of that. And I wouldn't be as soon as the first anything started. Just nope. It's really, it's really fortunate that actual human skull fragment necklaces are just not a thing in 2022. It's just. Yeah. Missed the yeah. boat on that one. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't live over there. At least in the States. That's not something that's happening on that's the regular. Not real, no, 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 no. At least. All 50 of them. That's not normal. Yeah, no, no. I mean, Etsy has a lot of weird shit, but no, yeah, it's not, not that. So, yeah, this was unbridled insanity by people that took themselves way too fucking seriously. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I support none of it. I like a good like lore and like stage show. Like, but we were talking earlier, like he cut him like in, the, in part one, you know, he cut himself with a fucking knife and all that shit. And I mean, I yeah. was... I mean, I don't like Alice Cooper's like live shows and stuff. I get the appeal of it. And I understand like what the significance of him doing it was. It's the whole shock jock thing, but, um, he, it, it's all an act. It's all yeah. like, it's, you know, it's like a Halloween show that's around all year. You know, it's, yeah. it's meant, you know, at the end of the day, it's a show. Nobody's actually dead. Maybe some animal rights violations happen, you know? Yeah. You know, um, but that would be the extent of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not cutting myself for a gimmick. No, no, I am um, not going to happen. No, no, I can't. <laughs> you said it. You said it earlier. It just, there's no, there's no this because I would have never made it to this point. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, you're going to what? Cool. Well, I quit. <laughs> Yeah. And there's no like talking out of it either. It's Cut like, it out. <laughs> oh, wait. Are you, you serious? Are you, you're not joking. Bye. Bye. Uh, how much of this? That's mine. Um, yeah. No, I don't even want a shirt. No, no, you can keep that. I don't want to. No, I don't want memento. I don't want any association no, with this no, at all. No, no. I'm actually going to go ahead and wipe down everything I've touched in this practice space. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick. <laughs> you just give me a second. <laughs> You know, why don't you guys leave? Um, I'm, I just want to take one last look around the place. Ignore this gas can. Uh, I just want to take one last look around the place. Yeah. You know, do you have a Zippo? Can I borrow that? I, I just, I want to take a look around the place. Just, you know, get the last, just, just let my mind breathe it in. Um, one flammable scent at a time <laughs> while I'm driving. <laughs> I'm just going to completely erase myself from the grid, move to a different city. Uh, probably Paris and just live a whole new life, a new language. Yeah. Varg continues to be a menace on society, by the way, like mm. he's been banned off of many social media for his, uh, not necessarily pagany, but his also neo-Nazi bullshit. Wow. Yeah. Varg is a top tier piece of shit that totally deaf. I, 
pretty 100% sure stabbed in self-defense to guy 23 times. And it's walking around. Just walking around. He's like 50. Wow. Yep. 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 Norway. Button it up on them murder laws. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, with that, um, that is our season one finale. And, uh, you know, Halloween, what a great time. And this, this is such a, the, man, I, having this episode planned for three years and finally being at this moment is, is, uh, I mean, despite all the fucking insanity, imagine that that's ended. So we're moving to a new segment. This is a blast. Oh so, yeah. Learning yeah. about that. I mean, this the, the craziness, like, it, um, I didn't, I didn't know how crazy that story was going to get reading it. I knew like the, the spark notes of it, but getting into like the details of all like the inner workings and the step-by-step things that led it to the end. Um, but thank you everybody that's been listening, um, mm. for this year. Yeah. Like we're, we had an insane jump in numbers where we're almost at like 2,800 downloads. Nice. Yeah. Between last episode and this episode, we had like 600 downloads. Wow. Which is insane. Yeah. Which is insane. And the numbers have been great. So just thank you, everybody that's been listening. You're um, awesome. You are awesome. And you're the reason we're here. Yeah. So I appreciate you joining this ride, you know, joining us on this ride. We do this for you. Are you not entertained? <laughs> Such a good movie. Um, so there's some things we're going to try to do. Um, I know we have a Christmas special that is, uh, steadily yes. in the works it's yes. no longer a rumor but it is a uh it is something that is being worked on at yes. that uh at uh you are hosting yes mm-hmm. so i could my, my christmas present is i could just sit back and enjoy the uh do you want to tease what it is yet or do you want to hold off and wait uh it's christmas themed it the deals about carols uh some not conspiracies but some uh crazy tales behind some of your favorite christmas carols excited very very excited because i know like because you hear in the song there's like uh tales of the stories of like ghost stories of christmas as long ago yeah. ghost stories and i think that's more of a british thing let us know in the comments um yeah. that it's more of a british thing to tell ghost stories at christmas mm. which i think is dope yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm all about it. I love like I love spooky Christmas, especially like Krampus compared to Ugh. Santa Claus. That whole story is even crazy. He comes down the chimney and he carries a big stick. Puts you to say, why isn't that a Rammstein album? He literally like doesn't Rammstein about dropping later, but... the fucking ball. Where is the Rammstein Christmas album? Yeah, Krampus. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I think we're gonna work on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to have a Rammstein E sounding Christmas song. That'd be awesome. Called Krampus. Krampstein. Um, so season two is going to start back up um, in late, late January, 2023. Yes. yes. So just taking our regular show is going to take a break for like those, uh, these upcoming months. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll have some specials along the way. So we won't be completely out of your earwave mm-hmm. ear holes, but um, we are going to take a break yeah. to <laughs> thought about that one. Yeah. Um, we are going to take a break to work on some stuff, kind of recharge, you know, enjoy the holidays with the families. Um, 
Keep an eye on our socials, though. We are still going to be active on those. So, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Um, if there's any, if you have any ideas on episodes, because we, we did a lot of rock this season, you know, kind of comfort zone stuff, getting our feet wet, learning how the whole process works. But we're world trotting next, you know, the coming year. Got all kinds of stuff, like so many different topics. We're really going to try to like push the boundaries into different genres, occasionally bringing back into the comfort, some comfort food with the rock. But there's a lot of other uh, kind of music we want to learn about. Um, but hit us up on Twitter at Phantom Jukebox underscore. If you have any specific suggestions of uh, stuff you'd like us to cover, um, we'd love to hear from you. Like, especially like uh, I'd love to have a situation where we have an us pick topic and then again, an audience pick topic mm, that we yeah. bounce back and forth from. Yeah. And like, I would love the audience to be more part of the show. And then you tell us what you want to hear about. And then we um, do it. We do it. Yeah. So that's how we all learn. That's the fastest way we can all learn. So some quick Twitter shout outs. We have the at midnight underscore, uh, the midnight train podcast, which is uh, at the midnight underscore pod. It's a comedy podcast about the dark and mysterious. And uh, if it's weird or unknown, it's on the chopping block. Buckle nice. Up. Nice. Uh, Midnight Train, they're cool dudes. And then our friends, the designated quizzers yes. at designated QZRS. So designated quizzers. Sorry. At designated QZRS. One more time. At designated QZRS. Have like a license yeah, yeah. plate at the end. Yeah, that's that's my bad reading it. Sorry, guys. Um, so they put this. They put a spin on trivia. We were just on their show. Act. Uh, we just recorded on their show, and this should be out. There should be it on Halloween. I believe is when they're releasing theirs. Okay. Yeah. So this will be out just a little bit before. Um, they uh they have like this own. They have these kind of fun twisted ways they do trivia. Like uh, basically they have topics. All of their questions have to be formed around topics that get picked by the audience. Oh, wow. So uh, if they go to ask a question, like one episode, uh, Jason had uh, Martha Stewart and then uh, Lisa had like great white uh, had sharks. And yeah. their questions had to involve them in some way. Oh, nice. <laughs> but the, yeah, from those topics, like Martha Stewart eventually had to lead to when did M&M's come out? <laughs> so he has to like disconnect the dots. Like okay. Six degree of Kevin Bacon at to M&M's. It's pretty good. That's awesome. Uh, shout You also need to get uh, Lisa to do a Hulk Hogan voice for an entire episode, by the way. That would be great. Um, also, we talked about uh, Latin Jukebox on here. You need to check out his show. And uh, also the Jukebox Jam. So they will the, basically those are a um, they feature the episode and then music related to the episode. So this one, when it comes out, it'll be this what you're hearing now. Yes. And then a lot of mayhem music, maybe a palate cleanser and then yeah. some more mayhem music. <laughs> what are we thinking for a palate cleanser, like some Barry White or um, definitely something easier on the ears, maybe some Celine Dion. <laughs> I'm thinking Lionel Richie, some, hmm? some Lionel Richie. Oh yes. Yes. Tom Jones for the, the purity. You can also find us on Twitter at Phantom Jukebox underscore Facebook at Phantom Jukebox 
Instagram at Phantom Jukebox Podcast, TikTok at Phantom Jukebox Podcast, and of course, YouTube at Phantom Jukebox Podcast. Yes, this is our first one, which is also the last episode of the season. So we're going to try to do this more regularly, if not every episode. Hopefully. Hopefully. Season two. That's what we're bringing. Smoother. There's going to be something. Video is going to be something to adjust to because. Yeah. Lady technical difficulty has has made her presence known getting this episode up and going. Yeah. God damn it. So anyway, um, thank you, Joe, for being here. Thank you, Ty. You, you had to sit through two episodes of just insanity. Just horrible human beings. Just, yeah, just the best examples of the worst goddamn people. It really makes you feel better about yourself, you know. Thank you, everybody, for uh, being on this ride with us. Um, I want to thank the audio mastery and uh, wizardry of yes. uh, Kenny Grooms, who is right now working on a special feature for the Christmas episode. I'm very excited about it. Mm-hmm. Very excited about it. And then um, our uh, uh, sorceress of social media, sorceress of social media, Dakota Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> the human torch was denied a bank loan. Uh, the uh, sorceress of social media, uh, Dakota Galvin on all her super hard work, uh, putting the promos together for this. And then oh, uh, yeah. just helping me with the research. Cause we both had to take breaks reading this and putting it together. I bet that takes a toll on your soul reading all this. You got to follow it up with some like good, good nineties cartoons. Yeah. To, uh, to balance yourself out. Mm. So that is it for us on the regular show for season one. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening and being on this insane ride for us. All hail the order of the underbite. Until next time. Surprise, it's a cult. <laughs> but we would never do that. Until next time.